the spirit of religion is an ancient spirit that was dwelling upon the earth in the days of Yeshua. Have you ever noticed about how when Jesus was walking around on the earth, there were religious men of all types who came against what he was doing? It wasn't necessarily the unbelievers as much as those who held themselves in high esteem as being religious themselves that opposed him. And within them, there was this spirit moving about where it it lifted up the traditions of man above the commandments of God to the point where the commandments of God were thrown aside. But then yet when Yeshua came to establish his ministry and the beginning of the Christian church emerged in the first century. And we see pagan temples being overthrown with the gospel. We see Paul going from place to place, proclaiming the truth with all of these amazing things happening. It's as if the enemy just shifted his focus to this new emerging movement of Christ to try and infiltrate that movement with the same spirit of religion, to introduce traditions that would replace the importance of the commandments of God, where people would then in a similar matter, start lifting up their, even their religious traditions above the commandments of God. And so brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that this is what has happened with the emergence of the Catholic church and many things that happened many, many years ago. And we see that this, this father comes and he says, I am calling a reformation and God, he started bringing about a reformation. Hallelujah. And in uh, around 1517, we all know about the great reformation that occurred when many of these traditions were exposed for what they were. And many of them were thrown out. But the question really is, is have we taken the reformation of old really far enough? Or is the father in these days seeking to bring about a new reformation, a reformation that takes us onto the ultimate place that Yeshua desired us to walk, to worship him in spirit and in truth. And I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that the, the old models of what we think of when we think of church, the time for it is running out. We see that people are leaving churches. We are many of the many uh, churches of esteem of the past who've very held in esteem, very traditional, have had many members and have held great influence over governments and countries. Many of these churches are losing members rapidly. Why is this? And is this the sign that God is moving to something great that he desires for us all to enter in? So uh, tonight I'm so honored to be joined with the Almond House Fellowship. Um, I am bringing them on and to introduce them here to you all tonight. Um, the Almond House is a Messianic Torah observant fellowship of, and they're followers of Yeshua the Messiah. They love him. They love the whole Bible, just like me and you. And what's so awesome for me is that they're in the UK and I'm, and I'm bringing them on tonight to tell us a little bit about what's happening in the UK, because the UK, as many of you know, has been a place where many churches have been established and have ruled for many years. 
And uh, before I go on, brothers, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's such an honor. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you for inviting us on. It's a privilege. Uh, it's such a blessing. Uh, so we hope that we can bless everyone tonight uh, with our conversations. Yeah, and um, just to let you know, my name's Jackie and this is Joe. And we um, we host a Torn Observing Fellowship uh, on, the, on the Wirral in the UK, close to Liverpool, if you haven't heard of the Wirral. And uh, yeah, we're really feeling really blessed and spirit-led to be online here tonight to speak about this topic as we've seen our church um, being like a, an axe church, an early church uh, based in the homes, um, really, really um, pick off, really pick up and um, move and have so much growth and spiritual movement. So um, PD, we real feel blessed that PD has invited us on to, to share about these experiences and what we've um, witnessed in the UK. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so brothers, could you start off with that? Share with us about what is the spiritual atmosphere in the UK um, of the churches? How, what is it like? What is the church like? Is, is there a lot of secularism? Is there a lot of churches and in the churches? What, is, what are things looking like today? Well, church today is something that you do. It's no longer who people are, PD. I think we have lost an identity and a great heritage um, as the church has become institutionalized and there has been a spiritual mixture, a synchronicity that has taken place in the church. And it's really sad to see. It's really sad to see. Church is a place where people go for a wedding or a funeral at best. It's no longer a building set up to, to facilitate the collective of God's people for holy, pure worship. It's now become institutionalized bricks and mortar. And here in the UK, our churches are like heritage sites. You go in and you walk around, it's like a museum. They have signs up that says, do not touch. And they're like whitewashed tombs, unfortunately, brother, um, with great grandeur on the outside, but a tomb of death on the inside. And they've been monopolized to, to, to be a business. Um, the most known for the stained glass windows and the quaint architecture at most. But the people that attend are, are, are falling away. And we, we see a deficit of young people attending these places, a real void and a lack of substance and a lack of spirit and a lack of truth. And uh, that's a report brother, that we see taking place in the churches and the land in this country. And of course, all things are case by case. Um, we're not categorizing every single church. A lot of people who attend church, their intent may be good, their heart may be you know, wanting Jesus, wanting God, wanting his word. And we know that it's the, the institutions and the governance behind um, these ministries that are pulling the strings. I recently went and attended a wedding at a church. It was an Anglican church, not too far away from my home. I attended a wedding and I would say 99% of the people that would go into that wedding were atheist. The two people that were getting married, I know them well, actually. Um, they're part of my immediate circle and my family. Well, these two people just don't believe in God at all. And they, they took vows that day simply for a show. And <clears throat> the church were quite happy to accommodate that because, you know, it's, it's business. It's business as usual. 
Um, so yeah, uh, this is what we're seeing. And people don't relate God with these buildings anymore, and rightly so. Um, yeah, just um, on, a, on a grand scale, you know, me in the workplace today, you know, I am a religious minority being a Christian. And it's, it's fascinating, really, because this country used to be regarded as a Christian country, you know, the, the Church of England. Um, but when you start to investigate this Church of England and you investigate the, this institutionalised church, it's actually very dark and sinister. And a couple of words you opened up on at the start there um, that just sprung, sprung to mind, different images, and one of them was infiltration. And what's happened here is I do believe... Um, maybe at the start they could have been righteous men you know men men who, who wanted the truth and set up these churches but they have been infiltrated over the years and it's so sad because there is people in these churches who don't have anywhere else to go and they don't have any anywhere else to turn to spiritually when things happen in their life and they're being led astray by these false shepherds and these false teachers you know it, it clearly states in the word of god um, how, how the tr traditions of men make the word of God and um, have no effect and that's what we see in England today we see the traditions of men passed down and when people say they're Christianity they're Christian usually that means they're you know a traditionalist you know the, the, Christ, the Christian and um, with traditions it's 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 not relationship it's religion it's um, traditions and not um, spiritual movements in the gifts so it's, it, it does sadden us um, but but we are seeing a great revival um, in, 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 in in our church in, in, in the Acts the Acts church is because of this because people are seeing oh hang on these these institutions that are being set up by men I, I can't relate to this, this these are almost um, you know it's hypocrisy going on so then what we see is, is is people are awakening especially in this age of information now and are, are coming to, to the knowledge and understanding of worship and, um, and God Yeshua. In, in spirit and in truth, which you mentioned at mm. the start. Mm. Wow. So, brothers, uh, you know, it reminds me of what Yeshua said, you know, um, he, sp he spoke to Peter and he said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, right? And I feel like it's like you said, and very much like I think how it was in the first century where it was the some of the elite religious leaderships that were really behind the persecution of Yeshua and his ministry and many of the people who were following them were simply being led astray and they were ignorant really of what was actually going on and so I think that you know what this, I was just feeling in my heart that the father's just been saying that you know his church his people they need a baptism like the church needs a baptism and then what baptism is right is you go into the water and you die with christ you die to yourself your life your ambitions and you come up out of the water raised anew with christ and i feel like that's what needs to happen and so, some parts of what we think of and we traditionally have think of church needs to die and we need from the ashes if you will we need a resurrection of a new holy church of yeshua just like it was in the first century and that's really what i want for us to a little bit investigate as we go along later here is you know what is that first century church and what is it that we have grown used to when we think of the concept of church you know because um Ultimately, when we look at many churches today, repentance is no longer there. 
And, you know, well, then you can't have baptism, true baptism, because there is no true repentance. In fact, people don't often even know what sin is. They don't even know how to define sin. So how can you repent without knowing what is sin and what God does not consider holy and righteous? And so often we make excuses then as to not walk like Jesus of, of what are the nature, right? We lift our traditions above that because our denomination has taught us this or that. But then when we look at the life of Jesus, and even if it conflicts, we may hold on to our denominational teaching and what, what it means to be a good Baptist, what it means to be a good charismatic, what it means to be a good a Catholic or whatever, right? But what does it mean to be a good disciple? That's really the question. What does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? And then, you know, the last thing I'll just say is God desires, I think, this worship of spirit, right? This worship that has a fruit following our life, that that is supernatural nature because we serve a supernatural God who is alive today, not dead, just like you guys mentioned earlier. You know, uh, it can be all pretty on the outside, like a building, right? A big, pretty stained glass windows. But is there the supernatural power of God transforming the hearts of people and healing people and setting people free and delivering people from demons? And like, is the ministry of Yeshua in the church, if you will? You know, that's really, I think, what we need to think about. So, brothers, tell me, you briefly mentioned it, but tell us a bit about the young people. Where are the young, where is the young generation in your country? Um, the young generation to me, I think the UK is, is, is a very spiritual place. It, you know, there's, very, there's many ancient sites and um, a lot of young people do get into a uh, new age. That's, that seems to be the trend, what's, what's quite... Um, you know, prominent at the minute is, is, is new age. Um, uh, but in regards to the church, uh, it will be mainly um, the Pentecostal, and that that will be more for the for the the youngsters. Um, but I guess I guess again, um, for for the new age and stuff like this, this is this is fertile soil. You know, this is how I how I see it. With with, with there's so many youngsters looking now for spirituality, but they may be seeking in crystals, or they may be seeking in like tariff cards and, and other ways. So. For for us, we I guess we see it as a um, as as a prime opportunity to go and, and lay seed, um, you know a lot of people who are in these who have been growing up in this in, in these church um, institutions, it can be very hard to to uh, witness and to to lay the spirit and the truth there, and um, you know I, I guess this is this are doctrines of men which have been um, bred into them, and it can, it can it can be very difficult. Whereas someone who is in, into the new age. You have to find that soil is very fertile, yeah. and um, I, I think I think this is because um, you know they they haven't had these traditions of men, which is nullifying essentially the, the spirit that's there. Yeah. What would you say? Would yeah, that? I would say that a lot of young people are seeking truth, even though the yeah. vast majority of the young people in this nation are cle- clearly lost. Um, but they have to recognise that they're lost in order to know that they need to be found. Oh, yeah. um, and Jack's right, you know, we see people who maybe are into the new age, they're looking for some type of substance, they're looking for some type of truth, they're negotiating a higher power, they're, they're, they're beginning to contemplate alternative levels of consciousness. So, you know, they, they want some type of spirituality, they're hungry for it. 
and you know we see them people as a prime target over here in the uk the festivals and the sites and stuff glastonbury. glastonbury people are booming for it you know there's a lot of like new age hippies here as jack mentioned and so we target them people as well because you know we think that that these people need this they, they're looking for this we believe everyone is looking for this truth and um, they just haven't had it revealed to them yet mm. yeah so uh, I, I guess i guess okay. the question that that's where they're based it's it's either if you've been if you've been brought up a christian you, you sort of follow through with, with with your family tradition or or maybe you're outside of christianity it's anything but jesus yeah. you know it, it's mm. any all spirituality but jesus or but yeshua so you, you know, I, you know, the, the new age movement and this desire for something spiritual, like as we have seen, you know, is I think just this desire that young people have for what is in the Bible, really. The but that is they they don't have the authentic because they're not seeing the authentic around them. But there is an authentic supernatural move of the Holy Spirit available to believers, and that's what they are looking for when they go to like witchcraft or new age things. But I think a lot of them have become disillusioned with the lack of truth and the subsequent hypocrisy that they have seen within the church or Christianity or maybe parents or whoever around them um, who claim they are Christians. And so I think that that is part of the excitement for me in that while this is all is, you know, you guys are sharing all of this and all of it sounds really bad in terms of, oh, you know, we are our young people are, are in looking in those places and all these things. But at the same time, God is doing something right. Like God is working. He is um, opening doors for the truth and for his spirit. And those doors, we are those doors like he desires through us by the fact that he has shown us these things to be a lie to these people. You know, what's really interesting to me is um, a lot of the history, right, has been, uh, if you look back, like way back, right, we, we there were times of, of Bibles being banned, right? Like even in the UK, especially, right? Uh, Bible translations being banned. And there were times when, and, and this is not even long ago, like probably under 500 years ago, it was still going on on a pretty good grand scale. And ministry was very restricted um, to the literate or the Latin speaking or the, uh, you know, even if you were preaching in Spain in the 17th century, um, the readings were still often done in Latin, right? And, and so this really created this situation where the illiterate or uneducated were very vulnerable to false teaching and they were at the mercy of the clergy interpretations, of course. And so people for a long time kind of submitted very well to the leaders of the religious world. But now because of the advent of the Internet and the incredible increase of knowledge and literacy levels and education and things of that sort for good and bad, people have now seen at least the the, they've been thinking about the problems they haven't thought about before that has been visible in the hypocrisy they now see with people doing one thing while they may read something else in the Bible and then having questions about the Bible that no one around them are really able to answer. And, you know, so I think that it's so interesting that we, we are now in this, this age of knowledge being increased 
and now people aren't receiving the knowledge they need. And so they're going to other places for answers or for the truth, if you will. Um, what role do you guys think that has played? And what do you guys think God is doing in terms of this new advent of knowledge coming upon the world? Yeah, I, I, I'll um, go first on that one, brother. Um, but I just wanted to commend you for, um, for what you were saying there. You've done your research because it is true. Um, you know, churches did just used to speak Latin. And my great nan. And she would attend church and and the, the guy the man at the front would be preaching in latin and she didn't understand the word and and, and you know that that's not that long ago you know that's yeah. my great nan she's attending she didn't know and, and she was just like okay we listen to the guy at the front this is my only source of spirituality i've got to go through this guy to get to god in a sense mm -hmm. so you know that is so so um you know out there for us because we've got our we've got the internet at the touch of our, our fingers where we can check Blue Letter Bible, Hebrew translations, all this and that. So it is an exciting time. You know, I don't want to get off on a doom and gloom because this is such an exciting time we're in right now. There's just so much soil that's fertile. Um, you know, there's so many souls that are hungry for the truth, especially the time we're living in now with all, all the, um, the craziness that's going on in the world. So, yeah, it's, it, it, it's an amazing time we're in. And as we draw closer to the end, it's only going to keep being amplified. Um, mm. right. yeah. I'll just echo what Jack yeah. said. And we've seen 40, 50 young people pass through this fellowship. We baptized many of them in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Praise be to God, all glory to him for that. Um, and there is a great revival taking place. Mm. Uh, we see a great outpouring of people who are coming to the knowledge of the truth of the fullness of the scroll and fallen in love with his mitzvot because it's true it's truth and it's backed by substance and spirit and it's it's captivating people and it's setting a fire in people's hearts yeah and we're seeing we're seeing amazing works mm. of the spirit in this place as well so though we see these things that do sadden us and sound like a bad report on the other hand there is a great light that is shining radiating in the hearts of believers and we are seeing people wake up to this truth and it's so liberating and it's a privilege to be part of. Amen. And for anyone who's listening to this, who you may be wondering, well, what is, what are we really talking about here? And what's the difference of, you know, of the things we are talking about, you know, we are simply really talking about the authentic walk of Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, who walked in power of the Holy Spirit and in obedience to his father's commandments in truth. He did not compromise the truth. He stood on the truth, but he also walked in great love towards his neighbor. And that's what he instructed all of us to do. Um, I want to just ask you guys also in relation to the COVID pandemic and everything that's going on there, has what have been happening in terms of attendance in churches around you? Because I know in the and in America and you know many other places of the world, there has been a great decline. What has happened there in the UK? Yeah, we we've seen the same thing. Uh, the majority of churches actually shut during the entire pandemic. Um, there was churches that maybe did online um, stuff uh, similar to to what we have done for other people, but we stayed open. Uh, for, for it for that time um, we tested it out and we 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 believed that um, 
We've seen hospitals, physical hospitals, staying open. We've seen supermarkets staying open. And our conclusion was we are a spiritual hospital and we are going to stay open for these people that need that spiritual physician. Mm. Um, and that was a real shame. But again, brother, I take you back to the synchronicity, the merging of the state with the yeah. church, the merging of man's law and man's governance in a foreign world with the church. The moment we begin to bring that in and synchronize the two together, you get health and safety legislations. Uh, you know, the moment you, you, you declare yourself to be a charity to avoid certain tax avenues, you have policies and procedures and, and government guidelines that you must adhere to. And of course, we know um, that we must be advocates and we must be ambassadors of Yeshua and keep the law of the land, of course. But as we are told, when that law contradicts God's law, uh, we are better to serve God rather than man, uh, as Peter declares in the book of Acts. So, you know, we didn't do it to be rebellious, but we, we, kept, we want to keep his day holy. And uh, the majority of us got sick quite quickly anyway, as you may have seen on, on the news and stuff, England, England is a very small place and it passed through quite quick. So, I mean, we, we were all there. We were all ready to go, like herd immunity style. And we, 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 just, uh, we just decided it was right to do and it was right before, uh, before our father that we continue to keep his day holy and continue to be that kahal that set apart assembly of called out believers. Mm. Um, yeah. So I hope you want to that. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to just share a little bit. Something we were touching on before we started the stream. I mean, Joe was just meditating on on these these two words. You've, you have formality and then you have, um, you know, to be set apart. And I think the church, I say the church um, as the institu institutionalized uh, man-made power system, Mix, you know, gets confused with being set apart, with being formal and having this formality to them, when in fact it's actually we should be set apart. We should be the the, the set apart gathering, the kahal, yeah. as Joe says. You know, we should meet on the Sabbath, and we 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 should be a, the spiritual hospital. You know, now now in society, if you get sick, you don't go to the priest, you go to the doctor. You know, back in the ancient mm. times, if you were sick, you go to the priest. And in this, this again is the institution where where these different um, avenues are split up and and, and they're, they're turned into businesses. So for us, um, staying open as a spiritual hospital was paramount. And and, and you know we, we we had our tests, we had our challenges with that. Um, you know it was it, you know it was scary at times. Um, you know we questioned ourselves, but we kept it in prayer. You know and and, and we always consulted the Father. We we had a time where. Um, we, we really tested this out, this virus out to see, look, is this, how real is this, how, how, how dangerous is this? We applied um, wisdom to, to the situation um, and confounded in the body of, 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 uh, of counsel. So, but in, 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 um, in summary, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that um, I, I believe the um, true colours of, of this institutionalised church was revealed during this pandemic. And these house groups popped up everywhere. It was it was amazing. It was it was beautiful. It was it was it was incredible. You know, even Sunday um, church groups were popping up. You know, brothers and sisters stepping out in faith, hosting, gathering together, um, having having assemblies. And um, of course, we worship on the Sabbath day. 
So, but it was just beautiful to see that that book of Acts church really come to life um, in, in 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 the UK, and it was it was a it was a special time. Wow, that's awesome, brothers. You know, um, I I'm just it just makes me all think of I think that when we when we have what we think of a, a biblical early church church model, I think what they were all about is. Um, flexibility because they they lived in a time of trial right a time of persecution that we are at least in the western world not really used to and that they could not if i feel like today we see like when the pandemic hit a lot of churches closed and there was no backup plan right it was like this is it we 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 can't meet but i feel like if you cannot be flexible enough to have your church at its core, actually always be a house church. Even if, look, I'm not against buildings, right? I'm not against, you know, that per se, or if a church grows, I'm not against that. But if your church does not remain a family structure of some sort, that in a time of trial, you can't quickly, boom, let's meet in our homes. Let's, let's you know, go into different groups to make this happen. You know, if that's not possible, that means we've become so institutionalized because it now becomes all about getting people in the building, the the beautiful church building or whatever it is. Um, and 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 we don't have that flexibility to be able to go into to the original um, the way that they used to do it into in terms of house churches as well. When the time calls for that necessity, um, you know, I it makes me think of Acts 246. I just want to read it for everyone here for a second here. Uh, and it says, and, uh, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food of glad and generous hearts. And it says, praising God and having favor for all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. Right? So we've seen two things here, right? Because back then, remember, the temple was still a big part of their worship. So they attended the temple together. This was a big corporate thing that they did. And then they broke bread in their homes. So the home was still a, you know, you can have the the, the church building and whatever, if, you know, that's what you're busy doing and all that. But do you still introduce the intimacy that the home can bring into a fellowship? Is there still that communion between brothers and sisters to have that intimate relationship that you can only really find in that intimate environment of a home itself. And that's why I think it was so, so big a part of this early church, like we read in the book of Acts. And so, yeah, I, I think this attachment to church buildings has become for some churches, at least, of course, brothers and sisters, as we're talking today, please understand we, we are forced to generalize a little bit because obviously we're not talking about all at any moment here, but some churches have become very attached to the building idea. And sometimes we have abandoned the early church models and become and, and we've tethered what we think of Christianity to a church building service. But, Precisely. you know, I want to just before I hand it over back to you guys, I just want to read this to you. Um, I just read this um, article um, recently about the Church of England specifically, and it's uh, from religionnews.com, and it says, church attendance has declined 40% in 30 years. The biggest financial issue for the Church of England, however, may be its buildings. 
Three quarters of its churches are officially listed as historic and demand costly maintenance. And some of those costs are, are covered by tourism and charitable grants. But the greatest burden falls on the church and each parish's membership. If a lay-led community is meeting in people's houses or the future, many fear that more of these treasures will be closed. Religionnews.com. Now, you know, brothers, when I read this, right, it was for me quite shocking because there are people who are, and this is not about bashing some specific church or anything, but the fact is that there are people in the world who are, who do not want to entertain the idea of meeting in homes again, even in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of, of whatever is going on, because the fear is there that how are we going to pay for our buildings? How are we going to pay, uh, pay for our bills if we have lay people meeting in their homes? What do you guys think about this? Is this actually happening? Is this part of the mindset or is this just a news article that I'm reading somewhere? <laughs> No, brother, it's it's taking place. You know, we see it and, you know, you're getting a lot of these buildings being bought up by property developers. And these, these structures are meant to have, you know, serious covenants put upon them and that they're being bought up and renovated into like, you know, flats or, 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 or houses. It's, yeah. it's student, accommodation. student accommodation. I mean, the definition of church, according to the scripture, is completely a completely different entity altogether in accordance with what we see in the word. You know, the Kahal, according to scripture, was an assembly of called out believers and their identity was completely different. They were a peculiar nation, a set apart people. Every time we hear the word denomination, I always hear the word dominate. You know, they weren't part of a religious corporation. They were occupants of a set-apart kingdom. They served a set-apart king. They served a set-apart law and, and a set-apart mitzvot. Um, now, to, to pull it back about people who may be afraid of gathering in houses, well, gatherings initially began in houses, and there's 13 significant instances in the New Testament that confirm this. The Bible says that they gathered in Mary's house, in Cornelius's house, in Titus's house, in Aquila and Prisquilla's house. It goes on. In, in Philemon's house, they gathered in houses. They broke bread in each other's houses as one accord, as you read. Uh, they were in a house in the upper room. It, it just goes on. Yeah. A house setting for, for a church is the true original model of the roots of the faith. And this is why Yeshua uses this word bait um, often when he says, you know, me and my father will come and make our home with you for them that keep my ways. Mm -hmm. It was the original model with the tabernacle. This was known as the Beit HaMikdash. It's the house of meeting. It's the house of God. He's always wanted to be in a house with yeah, us, saying, you know, it, it's the original model. Yeah. Um, and home groups can give birth to that spiritual culture. They, they mature very quickly and, and they develop and in, 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 in a short space of time. We see people come into our home group who partake in not just a discipleship, but a prophetic community PD. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing the evolution of the spirit just, just increase rapidly. It's just so quick. Mm -hmm. And this is because community, which has the words common unity inside of it, it breeds the mishpacha 
of the ancient ways. It's the tribesmen, it's the brothers and sisters, it's the brethren, it's the brethren alike. Because when you're part of that prophetic community where two or more gather, he is in the midst. Mm. Um, so we, we really believe in that culture yeah. and that set-apart community as a nation of God. Yeah, and I, I guess that to, to bring it a little bit back to the, the question as well, you know, um, when these churches, in a sense, there the is that level of, of division between, um, you know, the priest or, or, or the vicar or the, you know, the, the archbishop, because you have these attendees and then it's like you attend one day a week and then no one, you know, do you come around, do you break bread in people's homes? Well, it, you know, for him, it, it's, it's a salary, it's a job. He's had to go to university to get a degree. You know, and then if he wants to maintain in his position, he's got to teach a certain doctrine to keep his position. So there's just no room for the spirit to develop and grow. And then if you if you close the churches on top of that and put it on a Zoom call, you know, we know in the, in the scripture it says when two or three or more gather in my name, I am in the midst. You know, I don't count the Zoom call as gathering, as, as, as a set-apart assembly. I really don't. You know, we know that leprosy was was, was rife at the time of Yeshua and they was gathering. You know, talk about um, keeping a safe distance. You know, Yeshua was laying hands on these people. So when we put it in, when we look at the, the, the biblical concept and not the, not, not, the, not the formality concept, when we look at the set-apart concept, what we see, the called-out believers, how can you be a called-out believer if you are not set-apart? You know, to be a, to be a set-apart, called-out believer, you've got to be keeping his moedim, as a point of times, as festivals, and then gathering together, and this will then bring about the spirit, bring about... Um, um, you, you know the spirit in, in the fellowship to, to develop um, the, the in, individual person rather than just attending once a week on a Zoom call. You know it's 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 incredible, really, when you when you see the two comparisons. Um, my heart goes out to these people, you know, and he is good people in the church. You know, there is there is, and I I, I don't like to generalize. There, there is good churchgoers who who go there and they have no other spiritual source to go to. Um, but but it, but but at this at this day and age, you know, we, we, we need to reach out to them. We need to alert the church. We need to um, let, let them know that 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 there is a there needs to be a fullness of the spirit and no longer this this drip feed of, of of the spirit what we see in these these institutions. And I think practicing the presence of God on yeah. each other is vital because when people turn up to a church building, they sit in the seat, they say Amen, they walk out, they've done the service. Being in a home group, you're able to bind and loosen. People are able to flex and stretch the spiritual muscles. Mm -hmm. People are able to ask questions, yeah. to delve deep. Someone gets a word of knowledge. The body of Christ is activated. Mm. We want to mm. see people empowered in their own ministry oh. and not just be dependent on a religious institution. We want people to be empowered with the Ruach HaKadosh. Yeah. We want people to be laying hands on one another, yeah. speaking in tongues and prophesying mm -hmm. and having words and knowledge and having downloads from the Spirit mm -hmm. as they practice the presence. Mm -hmm. But people can't really practice the presence when they all just turn up and just listen to the guy at the front. There's a disconnect, isn't it? Say Amen. Yeah. Amen. I love that, brothers. You know, <laughs> I, I think it's not the the building itself that is the issue per se and that's not what we're taking issue with by the way for everyone who's listening 
we are taking issue with sometimes some of what has been introduced through the institutionalization and what buildings, certain buildings can sometimes create the atmosphere, the religious atmosphere that can be created. Or sometimes if it becomes a stumbling block, like for, like financially, like we've just read that article earlier, these are the issues. You know, I was thinking um, not long ago, I spoke to my wife about this, you know, I remember even the church that I was growing up in was very formal, a Protestant type of church, um, reformed. And, and I, uh, you know, many churches today are so formal and the atmosphere that's created, I don't know if an unbeliever or someone off the street would always feel welcome if they would just go in there. I feel like if you grew up in a church like that, it's, it's fine because you feel it's normal the way the churches run. But if you're someone off the street or a pagan or a witch or a, or a, a drug addict or a homeless person or someone who, who needs, who's sick, who needs a hospital, I feel like sometimes the religious atmosphere that's, that's been created in, in some churches have made it more hostile to those groups. And that's what, I've, what has been breaking my heart because, you know, if, if I walk into a church and everyone is suited up head to toe in their best, I understand the principle People have said, you know, oh, we need to be look our best for God. I understand the, the heart behind it. However, the problem is, is that if I don't have my, something as nice as you do and I come in there and I don't have a suit, I'm going to feel like I'm not welcome there. I'm going to feel out. I'm not going to feel like I can encounter God. I'm going to feel like God is a God of wealth. I'm going to feel like God is a God of these people who dress this way and all of these connotations that are that are created. And, and so all of these traditions, right, and, and a lot of them, like I said, come from good hearts and places. So it's not like the people are always have, having evil intentions. But I think we really need to rethink how we, we have done things with our uh, formalities and our religious traditions and things of that sort. I love what you said, brother, earlier about the, um, the intimacy that a house church creates or a, a gathering that is modeled after that of a house church, whatever that building it takes place and looks like, you know, because we see that I think it's so important that shepherds or leaders, right, should know the flock. They should know the people who are coming to 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 their play, to their fellowship, to their to to speak to them, to know the issues to be able to raise them up in the areas they need to be raised up in, to be able to correct them where they need to be corrected and so forth. And, and, I, and by the way, I think that it's very needed that we have leaderships because I think also sometimes on the other end, we have had house churches and, and things of that sort where leadership totally falls away. That, oh, we're now, we, we've been hurt in our past by a church, a, maybe a very traditional church, and maybe the leadership let us down there. And now we're going to start our own house church. And now we're saying we don't want any leaders and we're all going to lead. I've, I've heard of this as well. And I just want to say on that as well, I think that there's a danger in that case as well, because God did give us elders, leaders. He does. He did appoint shepherds, teachers and many different kinds of offices in the body. And we, we should respect that which God has given us because that is to bring order, that is to bring um, accountability, that is for people to be led, right? Um, you can't, because if there is no leader, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is taking me here for a second, so forgive the rabbit trail, but if there is no leader, then there is going to be someone who appoints themselves as a leader, whether the rest of the congregation likes it or not. And usually that person who appoints themselves is not supposed to be a leader, 
It's usually the guy who doesn't want to be the leader who God appoints to be the leader. So, brothers and sisters, you know, as we're talking about this, there is a balance, I think, that we really need in this. We are we don't want to go to the other extreme as well. Um, what what are your experience, brothers, with your fellowship in this arena? Well, I'll speak on this one if you want, brother. Yeah, brother. Um, yeah so, I, you know, I, I just, I'm so happy to invite us as on PD because everything you've said up to now, I'm just like, amen, amen, oh, yeah, amen. It's, it's, it's just to, to speak to someone on the other side, um, you know, thousands of miles away from us and, and, and you're, and, and, you know, I think we know that it's the Holy Spirit that's moving. We know that these things have, have brought us to this truth and, I don't want to say it, but we've been there, done that with, 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 with having a fellowship with no leader. And we've seen how that's developed. And, and, and it's not what we see in, in, in the Bible, I believe. I believe in the Torah. We see Abraham. He had 500 souls. Um, and we, we see Moses. You know, he, he led the Israelites out of Egypt. He then passed on that mantle to Joshua. So we, we do see leaders in the fellowship. In, in the fellowship. And I can't agree. More, more agree with you in what you said. People have been hurt in the past by these leaders, by these um, people in charge, by these hypocrites. Yeah. You know, we see in the Catholic Church, it, every time I mention I'm a Christian in work or in a social place, it's like, oh, you know, have you seen that priest who's a paedophile? Have you seen this person who's done this, this and this? We see these hypocrites in the public eye. And, and so people have been hurt. And this is this, it, it, it's so heartbreaking because it turns people away from their faith. But with our fellowship in, in, in particular, um, the reason why I wanted to speak to this, because I know, I know Joe will be quite a humble brother on this, but we, we all um, prayed about it and felt led um, to put forward Joe as our minister. And, and, it, and it was blessed because before then, um, we was all bringing different scriptures and, di and different parts of the Torah. We studied the Torah each week. And there was no clear direction. It was, it was, it was a bit all over the place. And the moment we gave... Um, Joe, the, the, the role of, of, of the minister to teach the word of God. You know, we do believe there's only one teacher, the Holy Spirit. But, but Joe being that reflection of the Holy Spirit um, and stepping into that fivefold ministry, we've we, we seen a, a blessing in our fellowship because not only then did we see um, a teacher, a minister being formed, we see other gifts taking place. And we, see, we then started seeing healing and deliverance. We started seeing prophecy. And, and, and God likes order. God likes, um, you know, when we're, when we're talking about these institutions, it's not like we're being rebellious. No, God God is a God of order. There needs to be a, a, a set way. We are, we are a kingdom of priests. A kingdom needs needs its laws. It needs its rules to, to be a kingdom. So in our fellowship, um, we, we, we like to have a, um, a, a group, a council of men who, 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 we, who we pray and we, we speak about decisions and we reflect in the word of God. But ultimately, we do have Joe um, who, who will make that final decision. Um, and yet, Joe is a man, and yet he can get it wrong. Um, but we do believe that we need that person to have the final say, like Abraham, like Moses, like Joshua. And to some people online, this might be a little bit scary. Um, but, we, but we've seen this model work, and Joe has got a great support network of, of brothers and sisters who will pull him when he slips up. And to bring it back to the institutionalized church, you know, there isn't really that room for repentance. There isn't really that room for the priest to say, look, I have got it wrong because he's held in such highly regard. You know, Joe is just acting in his gift of teaching. So, but, but on paper, he needs to show just as much as everyone else in the church. So 
when you break it down like this, it, it empowers people into their roles, it empowers people into their callings, and then that's when we see um, the home groups really flourish. That's what we found anyway. Would you comment yeah. anything on Th that? Thanks, brother. You know, as Yeshua mentioned, uh, the greatest of them is them that serve. Oh, you know, and it's it's all required in your service and your level of service that you give and your self-sacrifice mm. on the altar. And Jack's right, you know, surrounded by a strong counsel and a strong accountability. And uh, it's such a privilege. But that also then brings forth other people who then have abilities and skills and gifts. And they are flourishing and blossoming in their avenues of calling since we've had structure to our fellowship. Yeah. More for a, for, a, for a corporate decision, you know, when we have five yeah. or six people who are voicing an opinion where we're all going to go for Sukkot. You get division, and one people are going to go one it's place, true. and another people are going to go another. And they said, "Well, we've been led by the spirit in this," and the other say, "Well, we've been led like this." And then we both fast, but we still come up with different yeah, outcomes. And then, and then <laughs> someone's saying, "Let's cast lots," and we're like, "Well, where does this go?" <laughs> so, yeah. well, so it's, it's the corporate decision. It's the corporate the, 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 the individual we try and empower. As look, you are your own temple. Take the council. The council is here. You know, you are your own priest. But the, the decisions as a body. That's when we like to. Uh, that's right. To 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 in, 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 have a final decision. But sorry, I cut you off there, brother. No, that, that's all, brother. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying. You know, it's it's interesting because there's a difference here. You know, because you know when you think about the more Catholic mindset around this, the clergy and everything, you usually have a single or a few ministers right and they're doing everything in the church in terms of the church service right they're servicing the people and in whichever ways but there isn't a lot of room then given for the body itself to discover be equipped and exercise their giftings their whether it's their office or their spiritual gifts or whatever you know whether they are you know we, we think about it for example you would never, it would probably be considered a heresy to baptize someone if you are not a Catholic priest, but yet in the Catholic religion, right? But mm. yet in the, the, in, the, in the scriptures, we see that we have these evangelists raised, we have these servants of different kinds, of people of different kinds raised, and they go out and they cast out demons, they heal the sick, they baptize people, and they're not necessarily the apostles themselves, right? And they're still operating in these supernatural gifts and giftings of the Holy Spirit. They themselves are operating in whatever sphere that the Father wants to use them in. They're not just going to a church service, listening to the word on Sunday, and then going back to work on Monday and having no ministry, if you will, of their own that, that they are entering into. And with it all, there's what you're what you are saying, you know, you're the difference is you're saying that. You know, we, we have leaders, but the purpose is to raise up others in whatever their giftings is. That is our job. That is our desire to lead people, but also to help them enter whatever the, it is that the Father is calling them to. And that means that there's discipleship. That is really, I guess, the key word here is that yeah. there is a yes. model of discipleship that the early church had that you guys are trying to do of of training and equipping people. And it's not just a a a pastor role if you will up there but a down here let me equip you to do the same am i am i right on what i'm saying 
That's right, brother. You know, we always say spiritual bread, spoon fed, will always end up dead. Don't come <laughs> here to receive the presence of God. Come with the presence of God and let's practice it as a fully functioning body. You know, Paul's very clear that the lesser members desire uh, should have more honor. Yeah. And we are all about empowering people to walk in the prophetic because this is how the nation was forged. This is how the New Testament church was founded. Mm-hmm. So we want to replicate that model, PD. Yeah. It's our hunger and our desire to replicate that original grassroots model because that's where we believe the most revival is found. We've got the prototype and the blueprints in the scripture. Why aren't we following it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, and just, just just something on a, on a, on a ground level. Um, me and Joe, you know, we both work full time. Um, you know, we've been working today and we've, we've, we've come in after work. It's quite late in the UK now. But I think what, what, what I'm trying to say is, is that it, um, it keeps us grounded in reality. You know, we're we're just we're just working men, and 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 we've got, um, we haven't got the most time, so so that enables us to, to empower other people to be more involved in the church community, whereas you know, we see we see Paul, we see Paul in the Bible. You know, he used to be a tent maker. We see Yeshua, a carpenter. We see he had these these trades, and um, you know, uh, Joe Joe himself, he has his own um, paint and decorating business where he's able to. Um, you know, when he can employ people within the body, and this is the community that that will be what's being built here. I think sometimes, with all due respect to a lot of um, ministers and pastors who are in full time, there can be a disconnect sometimes when you are in full time ministry. If you're not getting involved, if you're not getting your boots dirty, uh, you know you've really got to stay grounded. Um, um, to you know, we, we remember in the word that Yeshua sat with the tax collectors, he sat with the sinners. So, so it's keeping things um, grounded and, and, and in reality, and I think that's 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 the, the difference. I think of why people are seeing, oh wow, this is the truth, because this is relatable. This isn't this isn't a show. This isn't a display with costumes. These are just men. These are just ordinary men who need your shoe just as much as I do. So mm-hmm. it's keeping keeping it real, uh, and and I know that that might sound um, very basic in principle, but but it's the reality behind it. Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, I mean, so um, I just want to read to you guys, uh, you know, a lot of people would like to listen to probably something, you know, I think the scriptures are enough, but um, I just want to read something that happened here in the early church. This is right after kind of the book of Acts kind of things. And there's a church father, he's called it, uh, Irenaeus, and he he's writing about the atmosphere in the early church that that was, he's just saying what is happening around him. And I just find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to read this part for you. They say, uh, wherefore also those who are in truth, his disciples receiving grace from him, do in his name, perform miracles so as to promote the welfare of other men, according to the gift, which each one has received from him, Yeshua. For some do certainly and truly drive out devils, so that those who have thus been cleansed from evil spirits frequently both believe in Christ and join themselves to the church. Others have foreknowledge of things to come. They see visions, other prophetic expressions. Others heal the sick, laying hands on them, and they are made whole. Yes, moreover, as I have said, the dead has even been raised up and remained among us for many years. And what more shall I say? It is not possible to name the number of the gifts with which the church scattered throughout the whole world has received from God. You know, and I guess my question is, is when we read what is happening in this, in this man's life, Irenaeus writing in against heresies number two, um, when he is writing about these things, we have to ask, 
are we desiring these things? And, and, and are we seeing these things? And, and if not, are we pressing into the Lord and saying, God, we want more of this. You know, we want to see your spirit move. We want our church, if you will, to be alive. We don't want to have a just a building we don't have, with nothing in it, with no life in it, right? We serve a God who is alive, not a dead God like the pagans serve dead gods who, who don't live. So do that, do we see our God who is supernatural and alive working in our lives today? That is, I think, the vision and the heart of Yeshua to be among us and dwell among us and in, in ways that are not just, you know, people say, you know what, Petey, I can experience what you're saying by doing the religious traditions of my church. And you can experience God in that way. And I don't take away from that if that's how you've experienced God. But there is still a pattern in Scripture of the things that God did through His people that is important for us to see if we are, like Irenaeus said, those who are in truth His disciples. If you're considering yourself as disciples, there are certain things that will start following your life and the lives of people in a church who are true disciples. So, brothers and sisters, we are supposed to be that temple. And I want to submit to you that there has been many people who have been uh, who have been going to churches, but they haven't been temples themselves. They have been going to temples, if you will, of worship, but not becoming temples themselves. They have not realized that the church is made up of the body of believers, of people, that we are living stones, living stones. It's not about the the, the actual <laughs> building material that make up a, a pretty building, but we are the bricks that is that builds up the spiritual house that Yeshua came to start and build. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, and the truth, His law, His instructions, His commandments, His his righteous ways of living, those things need to be within our temple and our expression of worship towards our Father. Um, So brothers, tell us, tell me, what do you guys think as your ending thoughts here tonight? What would you tell everyone who is listening, who's like, well, I want to see more of what we are talking about here tonight in my church, in my life. What would you tell them? Thanks, brother, and and that was great what you what you said there, and I just yeah. it was such a privilege to hear you say that, brother. Thank you for that. Um, you know, I, I'd like to end with this. Um, Yeshua uses the word kingdom over a hundred times in the New Testament, and he uses the word church just three. Now, the early occupants of the founding church recognized their spiritual affinity in that kingdom and they were not interested in a building they wanted to be as far away from worldly institutions as possible the early occupants were more focused on living together as a collective and worshiping god as a body in spirit and truth and living their lives out moment by moment in the great commission they wanted to be in ministry and flow in ministry and overflow with love to be a light onto the world. They recognized the true calling of what it was to be a kingdom of royal priests. So if you're out there and you're watching this and it's appetizing to you and you're getting stirred up in the spirit, maybe you've had it on your heart already that you're going to offer up your home, that everything you own is his anyway, and he wants all of it and you're going to give it up. You know, Yeshua said, um, 
to give away what we own. But if we can utilize them things for the glory of God's kingdom, there is so much fruit, uh, low hanging, waiting to just be to be picked. So maybe you're out there and you're watching this and uh, you've you've experienced the same things with the with the lockdowns and unable to access facilities and resources of a church building. And maybe you're led to open up a home. Maybe you're watching online and this is your only means of fellowship. And we commend you for tuning in. We thank mm. you for tuning in. We hope this has blessed you. We do this so that you are blessed from your own home. Um, maybe maybe you want to uh, uh, begin your own fellowship and you want to start something. You're stirred up. Offer up your house. Offer up your home. Get out there. There's so many fellowship finders. PD's got one. You know, make yourself known. Light a fire. Rise up and light a fire, mm. brothers and sisters. Uh, offer up your home. Bring people in. Invite, serve like Abraham. Open up your tent. Bring people round for the communion and the delight of Amen. his presence. Amen. Start practicing the presence on each other. You know, we're in, we're in a prophetic community where we get the privilege to practice the presence of God on one another. Mm. There's nothing better than it. Mm. So if, you're, if you've got a hunger for that, please, you know, get active. Mm. The book of Acts, it's an active book. So we need to be active because we need to be that change we want to see in the world. We need to light a fire that has never been lit before because we know what time it is, brothers and sisters. So that's our final message that if, yeah. if you are being stirred in the spirit in this way, open up your home. You can still attend them corporate gatherings and worship in the Lord any day of the week. But return to them ancient paths and uh, follow the, uh, the model and replicate the model that we see in the book of Acts. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and just, brother, could you end up uh, end us uh, in prayer here tonight? And uh, just before you do, I just want to tell everyone in the chat here, um, we're going to be I'm going to be praying for you guys. So please, as uh, we end off in this section of the broadcast in a prayer, um, please go to the chat and start writing out your prayer requests. And then I'm going to also, um, after they pray for us, I'm going to also just pray for anyone in the chat tonight who needs uh, deliverance, freedom, uh, of or, or or has a family member who needs help or has whatever happening in their life, please go to the chat and write it down and then we'll pray for you. So brother, please, uh, uh, could you pray for us? I'd really appreciate that. Father, we just come before you now and, and give thanks. We give thanks, Father, that we can meet over technology. We can meet PD. We can reach out to others online. But Father, I want to lift up a prayer of intercession for those who have been lacking the physical fellowship, Father. Father, I want you to, I plead with you, Father, to empower them with the Holy Spirit to set up something, Father, even if it's a house group. We've gathered in, the, in Joe's house and he was fourth, he was five of us. You can do the same with anyone who's listening online. So Father, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit, allow these beacons of light to pop up Allow these, 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 these fertile soil to, to, to manifest the Holy Spirit, to draw people in, to, for people to be baptized in Yeshua's name, for people to be saved in Yeshua's name. We thank you for Yeshua. We thank you for all those who tune in and who has listened. We ask that this teaching empower them with the Spirit. And we, I just pray now for anyone listening that this seed will not be stolen by the birds of the air or that it won't land on the side of the road so it will be washed away, Father. I pray that this seed will grow 
and that people will have the courage to step out and realize that we can be the church. We are the church. We have Yeshua HaMashiach with us. Who can be against us? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this Thank opportunity. You, Thank you, Father, for my brother's words, for that spiritual, spiritual outpouring of life, Father. Glory. Glory to the King. Glory to Yeshua. We ask that you bless PD's ministry. Keep speaking to those who need to hear the truth. In Yeshua's name we pray. Yeshua. Amen. Yeshua, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Brothers, thank you so much. Um, could you just share with everyone, um, who's anyone who's interested in finding more about your ministry, how they can reach you? Yep, yeah, sure. We are the Almond House Fellowship. You can check us out on YouTube. Uh, we do the Torah portion every week. And uh, uh, yeah, we, we find Yeshua on every page of the scroll. That's the goal. Uh, that's the goal. <laughs> uh, so we invite you to join us um, on, on, on Shabbat. Uh, our videos go live on a Friday night UK time. So it lands just in time for the US. So yeah, you know, uh, join us if you'd like to follow. Uh, yeah, and we've also just started a podcast as well, a little bit like what PD's um, set up here, where it's just an open conversation. We like to invite guests on, again, trying to empower people within the ministry, within the fellowship, um, to, to, to speak about what God's speaking to them. So that's just recently been set up. So please check it out if you feel led. And then we also just want to, um, just say to those um, to, to, to really get into PD's teachings we've watched them for a few years now and um, it was a blessing that PD reached out to us because um, you know we really felt when watching his teachings that the Holy Spirit um, was, was, was on the same level with us it was, it was, it was at the same maturity you know, so we just want to thank you again PD for, for inviting us on it's, 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 been, it's wow. been a real praise and glory to be to, to, to you Thank you guys for coming on. I know it is probably 1 a.m. in the UK now, so we are all, everyone listening. I'm, I'm, I'm lit. I'm lit, bro. I'm lit. <laughs> We're ready for all night now. We're on a night shift, bro. Well, man, I hope you can get some sleep, though. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Well, thank you guys oh, well. for coming on. I uh, really appreciate you guys. Um, so as we uh, head off here, I just before we go, I want to just go into the chat and I see there's a, b a whole bunch of prayer requests here, uh, which I'd, I'd just like to pray for here tonight. Um, so guys, again, uh, please go to the chat and put your prayer requests in. Um, so first I see uh, Emmanuel is writing. He's saying, I am overthinking things a lot. I'm struggling with that. Please pray for me. So Father, we just pray right now for Emmanuel. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for him and anyone else in the chat tonight who's struggling with 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 mind, is their minds running away with them, Lord. And I just thank you, God, for freedom in the name of Yeshua. I thank you, Lord, for giving them peace. And Lord, we speak to fear and anxiety and stress and worry and everyone listening here tonight. And we cause that out. And I thank you, Lord, for your power and your freedom, Lord, to be over your people. You have given us a spirit of freedom, of power, of love, a sound mind. I pray, God, for a sound mind on anyone here tonight listening. Um, Queen Sylvia is writing, yes, I'm here for deliverance of religious spirits, please. That's why God sent me here. Amen. So, Lord, I just thank you, God. We just pray right now, Lord, for her, for freedom and deliverance, Lord, from whatever she's battling right now, Lord, in terms of any religious spirits and, and many maybe lies of the past, whatever it is, Father, we just speak right now freedom over her. So every unclean spirit at the sound of my voice, 
every demon of every spirit of religion that lifts up other man-made things above the commandments of God that that's that brings confusion we command every unclean spirit to leave right now in the name of Yeshua every unclean spirit of lust at the sound of my voice I command you to leave also at now in the name of Yeshua and anyone who is listening to this broadcast anyone who's listening I speak right now to any unclean spirit of greed right now in the name of Yeshua and, and I just hear pornography again so I just speak right now to every unclean spirit of pornography and lust right now we command that to leave brothers and sisters throw out that stuff throw it out turn all turn off the access get it out of your house there is freedom for you in the Lord you don't need to be an addict to that stuff you don't you cannot serve God and that at the same time you cannot worship the Lord and at the same time worship the God of sexual immorality if you will there is only the one true God and he calls you out of all of those things so come out of her my people the Lord says um, Carla is saying uh, my mom has a condition called PSP. It's neurological and doctors give us no hope. We're praying for total healing. Also, I have severe pain in my lower neck. Okay, so we just pray right now for Carla's mom who has PSP, that neurological condition. Father, I thank you, Lord. We speak freedom over her mom now. That neurological condition, we command that to leave in the name of Yeshua. Yeshua, I thank you for over immersing her with your spirit and power now and delivering her right now from every disease, every pain, as well as for Carla. We speak to her neck and we command that right now, that pain to get out of her neck in the name of Yeshua. Yeshua, thank you, Lord, for touching them now with your freedom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your freedom. Amen. Amy um, is saying... We went out to pray for others this week on the street, and it was truly amazing. Two homeless men need prayer, Willie and Rainey. They're in their 70s and need prayers. Father, we just pray for Willie and Rainey, those two men that they found, that Amy found there. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would give them um, the breadcrumbs to your kingdom, Lord. Let them find you, Lord. Let them encounter your Holy Spirit and, and freedom in their life and what, for whatever they need. In the name of Yeshua, Lord. Amen. Okay. Um, Christopher Kane said, my niece and her husband run a mega church. Please pray that the truth wakes the church up. Please pray for ways that I can introduce them to spirit and truth. Okay, Lord, we just pray right now for them, Lord, and anyone else also today in the chat who has as relatives who, who do not see the gospel uh, in its fullness yet, Lord, we just pray, Father, you would open up eyes of family members. We lift up all our family members, Lord, who are lost, who are, who are looking for truth in the wrong places, looking for your spirit in the wrong places. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, for them to be led to you, God, for them. To, Lord, encounter them with visions and dreams, Lord. Encounter them, Lord, with, 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 with whichever way you need, Lord. Lord, with a, with in a shocking way, if needed, if that if you need to shake them, God, shake them, Lord, shake their hearts, let them come to a to you in a desperation from this heart of realizing that without you, Lord, they will never make it. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would just shake your the people, Lord, our relatives, shake their hearts, Lord, to come to you. Amen. Um, all right, let's read further here. TNT says, please pray that Yahweh will begin to show me my path and open doors that only he can open. Also for emotional healing and shalom 
patience in my waiting. Okay, so Father, we just pray right now, Lord, that you would open doors for him. Lord, I pray that you would close doors where you don't want him to go through, Lord. I pray for discernment. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give emotional healing to him uh, from, from his past, from traumas. Lord, and anyone else listening today, Lord, who's had trauma, who has had abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, traumas of the past, Father, we command any spirit of trauma and right now and any spirit of rebellion that has come because of that in the name of Yeshua, we command that to leave. Lord, I thank you for freedom in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Um, Carrie came in saying, please pray for me to be delivered from religious spirits, bitterness and overthinking. Well, thank you so much. Everyone so far who's come in with the humility to put this in the chat today so that we can lift you up. I thank you. I praise God with a tear in my eye. I praise God for that humility that the Lord is putting on your hearts. Uh, Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would bring Carrie and anyone else who's say, who feels like they have a religious spirit in them, so who's been who's been bringing confusion and torment in their lives. Lord, we just pray, Lord, for freedom right now from that. So every unclean spirit of religion right now that Carrie is facing, we command that to leave in the name of Yeshua. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for bitterness and overthinking as well there to leave. Lord, I, I speak, Father, I just want to say, brothers and sisters, um, if you're struggling with bitterness, man, now is the day. Tonight is the night to leave that behind. Tonight is the night to that person that's wronged you long ago. No matter what it was, Yeshua says, look, if you come to the altar of worship to worship me, to make an offering to me, you need to go back. You need to make things right in your heart with that person first. And so right now, I, I ask anyone who's got bitterness in their hearts to lift up these people and say, Lord, and, and I'm going to lead you in prayer. Lord, right now we come to you. We take our bitterness. We take our, our hatred, our things of whoever has hurt us. And Lord, right now, God, we'd say we forgive them. We forgive them. We, we give them to you. Our burdens, our traumas, our, our hatreds, our fears, our, we give that up to you. We surrender it to you. And we thank you, Lord, that you give us peace right now instead of all that baggage we've been carrying. Brothers and sisters, one thing I just want to say on that before I move on is that, listen, just because you forgive someone does not mean that it will, it, it, it means that you are, it doesn't mean that you're saying what they've done to you was okay. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is just to release them in your heart, from your heart so that you can be free. Amen. Um, all right, I'm going to read on here. Ellen says, the Holy Spirit is the comforter sent by Yeshua. Amen. And pray for the lost babies from abortion. Amen. Father, we just pray, Lord, for mothers who are considering that in this moment all over the world. Lord, that you would convict them of your Holy Spirit to to, to look at a different opportunities and solutions, Lord, and to not go down that path. In the name of Yeshua, Holy Spirit, convict, convict, convict. Uh, Toya Banks says, please pray that the Lord will revive my heart for him to draw near to him and to live a life on fire. Oh, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for Banks. Father, I just pray right now for Toya that you would bless um, them with a desire, a renewed desire, Lord, that you would restore their first love to them, Lord. And anyone who's there who feels like they're, they've lost fire or lost their first love, I pray, Lord, you would restore our first love 
back to us, Lord, to help us to worship you again, Lord, the way that you desire and we know you desire us to worship. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, thank you so much for coming in tonight, for giving us your prayer requests. Uh, we will be praying for you. I pray that this broadcast has blessed you. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, we are live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And if you want to get notified of, of when we go live in the future again, text Yeshua to 94000. Yeshua to 94000. And you will get a text notification five minutes before we go live every week. All right. So thank you again. And um, remember to subscribe to this channel and we'll see you guys.